It's time now for Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and Carrie Brinkater. Their guest today is Michael Timms of Camp of the Hills. This is Evelyn Davison. We're in the studio today of The Bridge. Today's Christian Talk, 1120, coming out of the beautiful city of Austin, Texas, and the great state of Texas. Hello, Miss Carrie. Glad to have you with us today. Hi, Miss Evelyn. I feel like I, I haven't been here in a while, but I know I have. I just, I, I miss you, and uh, it is great to see you today. So excited about our program today. What, what now, Miss Evelyn? Every day, I feel like you're busier than I am, and I still have two kids at home. And um, I know you go to all these luncheons with pastors, and you're going to the Capitol all the time, and you've got your big toe and all of your fingers dipped in everything here in Austin. Um, You've got some exciting news. Well, we do have. We had originally planned last year on 911, September the 11th, we uh, co partnered with, or we partnered with uh, Governor Greg Abbott, and he called and issued a proclamation for praying for first responders. And so we had this big, across Texas, sign that said, pray for first responders, Mm -hmm. and, and some information how they could get information about that. And so we thought this year that we would go to Washington, D.C. and do the same thing. Wow. About that. I tell you, Miss Evelyn, you never cease to amaze me, gal. And as we began to put it together, it came apart for 911 uh, because of a number of things. And uh, we one was my husband couldn't go, and I I can't go places without him, as you well know. You need Van. He's awesome. Y'all need each other. Yes. And so we changed it. We said, well, this is praising and praying across America, which is the title of our new book that is available at www.ndpaustin.org. Uh, and go up to D.C. and give every senator and every representative, plus all of the major officers, a copy of not only our book, but Dr. Steve Washburn's book called Salt. Mm. And so as we begin to put this together, it is getting more and more excited every day. We're going to, we'll go to Colorado Springs first for the NDP uh, yearly conference uh, and begin to plan for Governor Greg Abbott's. Uh, proclamation next year and all that, but things are really exciting. We're we're just seeing so much going on. We're right in the middle of polishing all the things for Franklin Graham, who is coming October the sixteenth. Oh, they finalized a date. Yes, That's great. It will be in Dale Diamond, and so we uh, we are, are working to. Um, Really get the word out right now, I guess, is the best way. Let people know he's coming and what we're going to do. And and the exciting thing about that is out of that and coming to know Brian Allred, who is the 10 state director for Franklin Graham, uh, for Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, uh, when I had my 85th birthday party, (laughs) you remember, he just showed up. Mm -hmm. Didn't know him. He came with some friends from San Antonio, and he just latched on to what we were doing here with Governor, and now he has put together an organization called America Praise. And uh, there are some people from Austin going to be on the board of directors, and I'm one of those. And so, you know, it's just an amazing thing. It's like you line up a a stick of Donna, I mean, a, a what is it? A row of dominoes. You touch one of them, and it goes all the way to heaven. Miss mm-hmm. Evelyn, you, I, I tell you what, you're amazing. I, it, when you look back, even at your life 30 years ago, Miss Evelyn, would you have ever dreamed that you would be doing all of these amazing, wonderful things, having published another book at 85 years old, 86 <laughs> years old? I just think it's it's amazing, and it's it's a testament to just keep on keeping on, you know? Well, you know, it's a matter of just really being sensitive to what's, what the Lord says and what people bring to you. It's a matter of family. Mm-hmm. You get right down to it, it is family. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so excited about our program today, Carrie, because we're going to be talking about a group that actually becomes a life family. I tell you, I know. I'm so excited about our program today. Um, we have a wonderful show. You know, listeners, that we love to highlight 
local people who are doing amazing things in God's kingdom. And we definitely have a special guest today, and we're excited about that. Um, Miss Evelyn, I just I've got to tell you, my kids just returned. They just went on a mission trip. And they went by themselves, well, with their youth group, to Atlanta, Georgia. There is an international village in Atlanta, and there's over 150 different people groups that live in and around this international village. And uh, the gentleman and his wife that um, are ministering Jesus Christ in this area are amazing. You know, just imagine me and my energy level like on steroids. This guy is crazy. <laughs> he is so awesome. Like blow your hair back kind of guy, right? His name is Tim. And um, anyhow, so he would um, educate the kids on the people groups in the mornings and they would go into the village and they would taste all kinds of foods and look at um, like a Buddhist temple Mm -hmm. and a, um, you know, a Korean area. And they just experienced all these amazing different cultures. And then the afternoons they would go to apartment complexes and knock on doors and pull kids out of apartments and say, Hey, we've got crafts and games and we're going to learn about Jesus and, and do a little vacation Bible school kind of thing with them. My kids just had an amazing experience and um, loved hearing the stories from them. And so it's been really, really wonderful. And that has really opened their eyes to a lot of things. At 12 and 13 years old, you know, you've got blinders on, and it's and that's a good thing. Um, but I think it opened their eyes to many things, this experience. So, um, so they got to experience a different culture and a different type of family on that trip. Today guest in our studio for Love Talk today, we have Michael Timms. He is the executive director of Camp of the Hills. Um, Camp of the Hills is located in Marble Falls. Hi, Michael. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good. We're so happy to have you here in studio. Is this the first time you've ever done radio? It, it is. Okay. Yeah, oh, you it have is. a radio voice, man. Well, it's a blessing to be here. I'm certainly glad to have the opportunity to talk about what God's doing and has done in my life and is doing at Camp of the Hills, and so thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, listeners, let me tell you a little bit about Michael. He uh, joined the staff as development director of Camp of the Hills back in June of 2011. But before that, back in the late 90s, he was actually a camp counselor at Camp of the Hills. And there he met the love of his life, um, who was actually the camp nurse at the time. Which <laughs> I, I wanted, believe that. I know. I got to hear a little bit more about that story. After Michael and Kara got married, they actually moved to Dallas and they ministered to at-risk children there in the Dallas area for t- about 10 years, mm-hmm. right, Michael? And um, they brought children to Camp of the Hills every summer during that time. And I guess as things kind of evolved and transformed, then Michael became um, to realize or came to realize that he he was meant to be at Camp mm-hmm. of the Hills. And so we're excited to hear your story today. Michael, what, what did I miss? I know you've got kids. Tell us about your family. I do. I've got three great kids. Uh, my oldest son, Tristan, is 16. And I've got a I third. can't believe that. You don't look like you're more I than know, 18. He looks like a baby, yeah. doesn't he? <laughs> I get that sometimes. Uh, my, my middle son, Brendan, is 13, and I have a 7-year-old daughter. Bless so you. We are blessed. Uh, wonderful uh, wife and, and just a uh, great family, so certainly more blessed than I deserve in that department for sure. Wow. That's great. And I know summer times are fun. I bet your kids have spent a lot of time up at Camp of the Hills. They do, yeah. They're very active and involved in camp in different ways. Uh, you know, I put the boys to work, and, and they can sometimes be campers or hang out with the counselors. And my daughter loves to hang out with the counselors and the nurses. And so she's always around helping out and uh, can't wait to be a camper herself uh, next year. Where do you all live? Uh, do you live in the Austin area? We live on camp property oh, you there. Do? Yes, ma'am, in Marble. You know, we're, we're about 10 miles east of Marble Falls. Mm-hmm. The camp is located there uh, on Lake Travis in a little community called Smithwick. And, and yes. we live on camp property, uh, which is a, a blessing. Uh, we have about 100 acres there. Um, where we do the work and, and we get to live there on camp. Do they go to school in Marble Falls or where do they go to school? They do, yes, ma'am. I've got my boys go to Faith Academy in Marble Falls and my daughter goes to Marble Falls uh, Colt Elementary. Mm-hmm. Yep. So fun stuff. You know, you've got the whole hill country up there. It is yes. beautiful. Now, I I had the opportunity to go up to Camp of the Hills um, 
gosh, I guess it was the spring of 16, spring of 2016. I missed this last spring, um, but I will go back next year. Um, just to help out, they, they bring groups in every spring to kind of help get the place ready. And we scrubbed and scrubbed and scrubbed a, uh, uh, yeah, I guess, your cement swimming pool. Yes. Yes, and we cut down lots of brush and just, I mean, as you can imagine, Miss Evelyn, I mean, it's, it's, it's God's creation out there, yeah. and it's just Stunningly gorgeous, but a lot of work to do to get ready for campers. Um, now, you guys host uh, eight-week camps. Eight, well, eight camps, one week apiece in the mm-hmm. summer times, right, Michael? That's right. Okay. Yeah. And um, tell us a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about who's coming, who's there this week. Sure, absolutely. So, yeah, we have eight one-week camps for different age groups, and so we'll have four elementary camps, uh, three junior high camps, and one high school camp. And so this week's high school week, and so that's always a fun time. We get a lot of campers that come back year after year. And uh, our camp, our mission, is is really dedicated to at-risk kids from low-income communities all over Texas. And so we get kids from the Houston area, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and um, and really all you know, all across Texas, that the kids come. And so, yeah, we have a week of camp. Uh, they come out. Oftentimes, these kids, it's the first time they've been out of the city. Uh, and so it's great to have them come out, and we just uh, love on them, show and share the love of Jesus with them all week through all the different camp activities, uh, but just have some really special opportunities to share the love and hope of Jesus Christ with these kiddos. What do you teach them or lead them to uh, when they first arrive? What is the orientation for them? Sure. So we get the kiddos together, and we are really big on just creating a relationship with our counselors. We have a great counselor okay. staff that we I say hire. They're really volunteers. We have uh, college students that come out, and they either raise support or work for free all summer. Uh, but they're dedicated to just loving these kids well. And so we talk to the kids about, hey, we're going to have a fun time this week, but we're here to tell you about the hope that we have in Jesus Christ and share our stories and our testimonies about what God's done in our lives uh, because we want you to have a relationship. Is it a one-on-one counselor? Does each one just have one, or they do they? You have a small group here. We have three to four counselors okay. for about six to eight kids, and so our ratios are really good. We so we really value that that one-on-one time and that uh, you know the ratios to where there can be a lot of time spent with each camper. But well, we want to find out what they do and what you do right after this. Let's take our break, Carrie. All right. We'll see you right back after this, listeners, on 1120 AM, The You know, the world has changed, and getting connected is really no longer a trend. It's a reality, and it's happening all around you, leaving you to wonder, how do you get connected to your customers while staying ahead of the digital revolution and your competition? Well, Texas SEO is a Christian-based online marketing company, and they're the partner you can always rely on to navigate through the ever-evolving digital landscape. To schedule your free consultation and digital analysis, call Texas SEO at 1-888-988-9736 or visit the website texasseo.com or simply Google Christian SEO Company and you'll find them in the first position. Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations, south at 4501 South Congress, north at 8808 Research Boulevard, and new northwest location at 8425 Anderson Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These Casa friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at Casa at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. 
Call CASA at 334-7300. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to ensure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV, and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. Evelyn Davison and Carrie Brinkater have Michael Timms in the studio. He's the Executive Director of Camp of the Hills. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. We are here at 1120 AM, The Bridge. Thank you so much, friends, for joining us. We have just a great program today. Michael Timms is in studio today. I am Coach Carrie Brinkader, and, of course, we've got Miss Evelyn Davison here as well. So it was always great to have you listening to Love Talk. Michael Timms is the Executive Director of Camp of the Hills, which is a phenomenal camp for at-risk kids um, that's open during the summer times and brings kids from all over the state of Texas to hear the saving message of Jesus Christ. And a lot of times these kids, like Michael said earlier, they've never been out of the city, so I can't even imagine, Michael, kind of them coming into this place for the first time where it's woods. There's rattlesnakes. Mm -hmm. Um, When my kids were there helping out last spring, um, their um, their leader killed a rattlesnake, and then they they ate it. Woo! They <laughs> they um, fried it up over the fire, I guess. And, uh, um, he was texting with Brad Colley, and he's texting me, Carrie, can your kids eat rattlesnake? And I was like, as long as it's dead, that's fine. And yep. so I actually have him cooking that on video. Oh yes, pretty, I need to see great. that. That's pretty awesome. But I I mean what. Kind of what is the reaction sometimes when kids come out to this beautiful creation? I mean, but it's God's country. Like, you're, you're out in the, in the woods, man. It is, yeah. And these kids, you know, it is interesting, Carrie, because these kiddos, you know, a lot of them live in, in urban areas. Absolutely. And so, you know, you don't see a lot of stars. You don't get a lot of outdoor time. They mm-hmm. certainly don't get to go fishing or hiking and do some of the things that we have at camp. Uh, but oftentimes they come out and they're, and they're scared. You know, oh, yeah. These are kids who often are, are living through uh, domestic violence. You know, they're living in some pretty dangerous uh, areas, uh, dangerous streets, and uh, and these kiddos come out and, and the the crickets at night uh, scare them. They don't know what that is. You know, they can sleep through other things out in their neighborhoods, but it's hard for them to, to sleep through the crickets. And so in, in the dark, they're not used to that much dark and yeah. the stars, and so. Yeah, they're a little bit out of their element, but uh, I tell you what, it really puts them in a context uh, to to be open uh, and and to kind of let some of the walls fall down around their heart to uh, to receive the message of Jesus that we're trying to instill in them all week. Absolutely, I I, I can I can only imagine that. I bet it's a um, I'm sure that the counselors have to go through some training just just to prepare them for what some of these kids might be feeling. Um, and I, I think this is so neat. God works in just amazing ways. You know, I had never heard of Camp of the Hills before, before the spring of 2016. And I go out there, and then literally a week or two later, one of my former players at Southwestern University contacts me. And she's like, hey, Coach, there's this awesome camp that I want to be a counselor at, and I just wanted to talk to you about it. And I'm like, that is amazing. I, I know this camp. I've been there. You're going to love it. But, Michael, the, the counselors, like you said, you don't really hire them. They are, which I think this is amazing, these college kids are raising their own money. They're raising money through friends, family, acquaintances, churches, in order to kind of pay for them to come and then minister to children all summer long or for a week or whatever they choose. And, and Michael, what what an amazing testament to the hearts of these counselors and just how they're going to be able to minister to other children. 
Absolutely. Well, our counselor staff, I mean, that's the lifeblood of our ministry. I mean, that those are the boots on the ground, the, the folks in the trenches every week loving on these kids. And it's a hard, long week and a hard, long summer. And these, these young people are pouring out, giving of themselves uh, in ways, sacrificially. And for them to either come and work for free or have to raise their own support, uh, it's hard. Uh, but being being the kind of camp that we, we do, uh, you know, we don't charge our kids much to come. And so we mm-hmm. can't pay our staff, but we try to help them in any way we can. Uh, and, and we have a lot of specialized training that we do have to prepare our counselor staff for, for these kiddos coming in from different diverse backgrounds and uh, and really prepare them for uh, a week with these kiddos. And that's one of the unique things about you know, our camp versus other camps is that we we have to do some specialized training with, with the kiddos that we have come in. And so that's a great, uh, tremendous uh, learning opportunity and growth opportunity in, in their Christian walk for these counselors to come in and be a part. How, how do you uh, connect with the kids to get them there? How are they forwarded to you? Sure. How do you know about them? Yeah, and so um, so we partner with other organizations, churches, nonprofits, um Children's homes, juvenile justice system, anybody working with at-risk kiddos or families. At risk. So we we partner with those folks where they're at, and so those groups uh, really help find the kids that come to camp. And so we'll partner with a church or a nonprofit in Houston, and so they'll bring they'll find the kids that that fit the demographic that we serve, and they'll bring those out the kiddos to camp for us. And so this isn't a camp where the parents are dropping them off. Uh, these kids usually come on vans and buses uh, with another organization that either works with them year-round or, or through another uh, school or, or another foster care or some way have connected with these kiddos to get them to this uh, camp specifically designed uh, for, for them and some of their special needs. How long do they stay? And, uh, um, you know, what is the criteria for a person that wants to return, uh, refer someone to you. Sure. Yeah, we don't really have any criteria. The camp is open to anybody. Okay. Uh, the kiddos come in on on Monday afternoon and they'll stay until Saturday morning. So we have, uh, you know, just that period of time uh, to be intentional, and, and that's one of the things that we really value is every moment that we have. How can we make this a moment of of relationship building to talk about who Jesus is, to talk about them, and so. Um, we package a lot in a short amount of time. What What do you do in follow-up? How do you hear the stories back of how this has changed a child's life? That's one of the things we're really we're really growing in in the last couple of years, and certainly moving forward. We with these groups that bring kiddos, we will have we'll we'll stay in contact with them. We will go visit them in Houston or Abilene or College Station, and we'll go visit the kids. You know, with social media, it's been it's been mm-hmm. easier to keep up with the kiddos, oh, yeah. especially the older ones, uh, as far as where they're at and what they're up to. Uh, so we're also working on getting some retreats during the year to bring these kiddos back out to camp in the fall and the spring uh, to do some more discipleship and leadership training and okay. and just connecting and relationship building. And so we try to keep up with the kiddos um, the best we can throughout the year through the, the sponsoring groups that bring them uh, and, and just through staying connected uh, through sending them birthday cards to mm. uh, just going and visiting their schools uh, and where they're at, uh, where they live. So. Where did the vision for this camp come from? From whom did it come? So the vision of this camp started with some some men of faith years ago in the early 90s. And they just, you know, they recognized the need for a camp for this group of kiddos. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes, you know. There was one man in particular who in Houston would take his kids to camp, and they didn't always fit in to certain camps. You know, some of the counselors or the staff weren't trained to to handle some of the things that these kids were bringing. And so uh, several men got together and said, we need to create a camp. We need to create a place that that is specifically for these more at-risk kids from these urban, poor communities. Uh, And so that's kind of how the vision was birthed. Wow. You know, for um, some godly men to look at that need and say, this is what we need to do, that's it's pretty incredible. And so did they just um, buy some land? Like, how did how did Camp of the Hills come to fruition? Sure, yeah. It's, it's a great story of um, a man bringing a few kids from Houston out to the hill country. And he knew a friend of his, uh, Nelson Lewis, who owned some land. And said, well, hey, just come camp out under the old oak tree down by the lake. And so they borrowed some tents, called a few college students up uh, through a ministry, uh, through A&M, and and they did a week of camp. 
And, and that was really what started it. And these guys said, hey, we need to do this more. And so there was no infrastructure, no land. Uh, the camp started with five acres of borrowed land uh, with no buildings. Um, and to see what it is today is is is, is pretty, pretty awesome to see what God's done. How did the Lord connect you with this group? Well, my... My involvement with camp started in 1998. Uh, I went out to be a counselor. And, oh, okay. and, and unlike most counselors, um, I kind of went out kicking and screaming. Uh, I did not want to be a counselor at Camp of the Hills, and I really didn't know anything about Camp of the Hills. Um, I was I was living um, just a selfish lifestyle of my own and not, not really didn't have a relationship with the Lord. Uh, but my youth minister from high school saw that I was on a pretty destructive path in life and said, you know, I'm going to pull you some strings and get you this job out at this camp. And, and for as much support as he gave me through high school and as much love as he showed me, um, I couldn't say no. And so I agreed to this. And so I show up at camp um, on a Sunday night before the kids arrive. I missed all of training week. I didn't know anybody. And I really didn't want to be there. And uh, and I didn't know it was a camp for at-risk inner-city kids. And so uh, the first several weeks were really tough. And, and um, But God used that place to transform my life in a way that, that um, I'm so grateful for. Uh, the campers, the counselors, uh, I mean, for where I was at, I needed a place like Camp of the Hills for God to get a hold of me. How old were you? I was 21 years old at the time and, and, and went out. And uh, like I said, that the first... Three or four weeks were, I mean, they were terrible. I didn't want to be there. <laughs> you had uh, a bad attitude. I had a very bad attitude, and I just, you know, I was resistant to what God was trying to do, and I was running the opposite direction. I was turning the other way. I was ignoring God and what he was trying to do in my life. And one of the things, one of the ways I recognized that was through some of the campers. You know, I had these campers that were giving me a tough time. You know, I'd tell them to go this way, and they'd go that way. I'd tell them to do this, and they'd do that. And... um and I was so frustrated. I didn't want to be there. I didn't feel like I was making any impact. And, and I just, you know, I was so frustrated. And I just felt I had this moment where God revealed to me that that was my attitude with him. That he was saying, come. And I was going the opposite direction as fast as I could. And so he used these campers in my life to show me um where I needed to be and, and the changes I needed to make. Uh, and I still remember these kids' names of that, that God used to point me back to God and, uh, and for me to submit. And, uh, and I realized, and once I did that, um, the rest of the summer changed. It was literally like scales fell off my eyes. I was able to uh, see the campers differently, to see the other counselors differently. I was able to experience what God was trying to start to do in my life. And, uh, and it was it was a night and day difference for the rest of the summer. Um, and, and from that point forward, I knew um, God had a hold of me, and I was, I was willing to do whatever he wanted me to do. And it changed your life. Absolutely, yeah. It changed my life. We, um, I pretty much dropped out of college because I recognized where I was at. I needed some more time with God. I mean, I had just gotten to know who God was and really accepted, uh, you know, who Jesus Christ was for me for the first time in my life at 21 years old. And so I dropped out of college and I st- and I lived out at Camp of the Hills for the next 15 months. Uh, and it was just a time of, uh, you know, watching the sunrise and sunset every day, uh, spending time with God, getting into his word. I had some men around me that were discipling me. And it was um, it was a huge thing in my life to have a place like Camp of the Hills to get to know who God was uh, and to be in a safe place and a place uh, where God's spirit is so evident and so thick. And uh, and so from that point forward, I knew God was calling me into ministry. Um, and um, and so, you know, I mentioned my wife and I met at Camp of the Hills the first yeah. year I was there. She was the camp nurse. And um from there he, on, we... He rolled up the window shades for you to see the <laughs> real world. Huh? Absolutely. It is. Um, we are in studio today talking about Camp of the Hills and talking about what an impact one person, two people can have on the life of a child that's going in the wrong direction. Stay with us. We'll be right back with my father. you want on the world of culture, the world of entertainment, the world of finances, information you need for your world. Today's Christian Talk 1120, The Bridge. Hi, this is Steve Washburn. 
Pastor at First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. We're the ones who just built that beautiful new 33,000 square foot worship center there on Pecan Street, just as Jenner Town. Say, listen, if you're looking for a church home, I wish you'd come check us out. Lots of other folks sure are. We're one of the fastest growing fellowships in the Austin area. We're trying our best to offer something for everyone. No matter what your situation in life, you'll find good friends here. I know I'm biased, but I believe we have some of the most uplifting worship services you'll find anywhere. Many of you are familiar with Tom Cotter and his praise band, By Design. We're fortunate to have them leading our modern worship experience at the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday mornings. That's our largest and fastest growing group. But I'm also excited about something new we're trying in our 9 o'clock hour. Daniel Reclue is one of the area's most gifted choral directors, and he has reinvented one of the only genuinely traditional worship services in the area for those of you who are boomers and long to return to the joyful worship of your youth. Listen, Google us at First Baptist Pflugerville and come see us. Day after day, we are constantly hearing about how bad everything is. Isn't it about time to hear about what's right and good? Isn't it time for some good news? If your answers are yes, then you need the Good News Journal. The Good News Journal is published by KTXW's own Evelyn Davidson and is packed with news and information about the good things that are happening. With a healthy dose of hope, happiness, and humor, the Good News Journal is distributed free throughout Central Texas at hundreds of locations, including Walmart, Popeye Chicken, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, churches, and other locations. And did we say the Good News Journal is free? For advertising information or to have an article published, call Good News Journal at 249-6535. The Good News Journal is an inspirational, patriotic journal published bi-monthly to bring you God's good news. The Good News Journal, 249-6535, or read it online at thegoodnewsjournal.net. More Love Talk right now with Evelyn Davison and Carrie Brinkater. Today they're talking with Michael Timms from Camp of the Hills. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Love Talk. You are here with uh, Miss Evelyn Davison, and I am Coach Carrie Brinkader. We have Michael Timms in studio today, Executive Director out at Camp of the Hills in Marble Falls. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us, Michael. I'm loving listening to just how God transformed your life at Camp of the Hills. Mm Um, but he also led you to your wife at Camp of the yes. Hills, which I think is just the most amazing story. So I think that's where you were in your story. You had mm. you met your wife during this 15-month period that you spent at Camp of the Hills, just really searching for Christ, learning mm. who you are that's in right. Christ. And then what happened after that? Yeah, so, <laughs> so our time at camp, I met, I met Kara the first summer there, um, in 98 and then we we started seeing each other and dating and and through that next year and we actually got engaged out at camp of the hills um, in the old dining hall that burned down in uh in 1999 and and so at that point we were both feeling very called to ministry we weren't sure what but we really felt like it was uh, some sort of inner city ministry or to at-risk kids and so we ended up god led us to uh the fort worth area and so, really, we went to Fort Worth because my wife was finishing up her degree at TCU, and that's where she was from and lived. And so I, I went there uh, before we got married and started volunteering at a small um, inner-city church in Fort Worth that brought campers out to Camp of the Hills. So nice. we, went, we went back to visit campers, basically, uh, and, and volunteered and, and got offered a – a little part-time youth ministry job at this little church. And so we I took that because I felt God was leading us that direction. I did that for uh, for a couple years and really got to know where these kids really came from uh, and really got to hear their stories and what and some of their their plight. And uh, through that, um, felt led to, to start uh, create a nonprofit organization uh, through that, that that was part of the church. Uh, all the you know the whole time we, we were doing after school programs and, and helping kids with homework and, and doing Bible studies after school. And so we started a nonprofit and I ran that for about seven years, uh, seven or eight years. And, and and through that whole time, those ten years in, in Fort Worth, we brought kids uh, from Fortress to Camp of the Hills, and so uh, it was really neat to see not only the short-term impact that a week of camp can make in the lives of these kiddos as a counselor, but to be 
taking hundreds of kids out to camp and then getting to spend time with them throughout the year, I got to see really the long-term impact that camp has made in their lives. And, and I got to see the fruit of some of the seeds planted at camp. And so that, that was a unique thing uh, for us to be a part of. I bet. Um, I, I can't I can't even imagine um, just how, how rewarding. I'm sure there's times when it's heartbreaking Absolutely. as well for you. Mm-hmm. Um, not every story, you know, I guess it's kind of complete completed here in front of our eyes on earth, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I know that there's heartbreaks along with things that you just rejoice over. Um, but I'm sure there's a lot of crying out to God mm-hmm. as well in this job. I, you know, as with any ministry, you're going to see things that are amazing and see things that just that should break you and bring you to your mm-hmm. knees. Um, so on a on a, you know on a summer in a summertime. Um, tell us about some of the things that, that happen at camp with your campers. Sure. So, you know, our campers come out, and we have we have a lot of the traditional summer camp activities as far as swimming and canoeing and fishing and archery, and we have a ropes course. And, again, a lot of these things are, are, are things that these kiddos have never done or never experienced, and so it's neat. Uh, and so we try to be very intentional with all the activities. So all of our activities, we tie in some sort of spiritual principle or lesson with it, uh, and that's been really, really neat for them to take an experience that's new, that's going to stick in their minds and connect it to a spiritual truth. And so that's one of the neat things that we really try to be intentional about. Uh, and so we have lots of Bible study, worship, evening activities. And really one of the highlights of the week is, uh, is we do a reenactment of the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. And it's just a powerful way to show the kids in, in a small way. Uh, what we what we've been talking about and who we've been talking about all week, and that's really one of the highlights uh, of the week is this this time that we get to spend with our counselor staff, just reenacting kind of the last hours of the life of Christ uh, and 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 the, and the crucifixion and of course uh, the resurrection we do the next day as, as kind of a reenactment, and it's a powerful thing to uh, that we get to really share in depth with the kids. This is why we're here. This is why we do what we do. Um, and we get to talk to them about who who Jesus is to them now that they know the gospel story. Wow, wow, that's it's pretty incredible. You know, it reminds me of Deuteronomy eleven eighteen through nineteen. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Mm. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when mm. you get up for a full week. These kids are hearing about Jesus and the power, the transforming power Jesus has over your life. And and they're getting to see it when they're sitting down, when they're walking along the road. And uh, these counselors are just pouring into them every single day. Um, now, I know your job has kind of transitioned into a administrative Mm-hmm. Um, role, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you that you love that and enjoy that. Um, but uh, kind of the day to day stuff is is left to the counselors. Is is that right? Yes, yes. So our counselors do they do the the hard work. Uh, <laughs> hard. And, uh, they are there to to love these kids well, and, and they do a great job. They're, they're they get a lot of training. We've got some great leadership staff. Uh, to to train them and encourage them and to push them just to give it everything they have. Uh, And you can imagine a 24-7 job in the heat, up and down the hills, uh, every day can be exhausting, physically exhausting, emotionally, spiritually exhausting. Uh, And so we have a great staff that that we recognize when a kid show up on Monday, whether it's week one or week eight, this is – these campers first week and only week of camp and so we have to bring the same energy and enthusiasm uh, and, and spiritual fervor uh, every week and so it's an exhausting uh, thing but our, our we get to see God God's power move through that because these young people uh, our counselors recognize that it's it, it, they get to a point where they can't they don't have anything else to give 
And that's sometimes when God does his best work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, do, do your counselors, do they stay for all eight weeks, or can some just only come for a couple of weeks? And, you know, it varies, right? From sure. Yeah, we, we try to get full summer counselors because we go through a pretty rigorous training yeah. uh, that we want them to have, and, and, and we want them to have the experience of, of the whole summer. Uh, but we do have folks that come out for half summers or maybe a few weeks here and there. Our aim is to get full summer folks every year. Yeah, I can imagine. If they you know, the one training. of the things mm-hmm. about a ministry like this, especially when you have a vision and a ministry, mm-hmm. a passion, uh, is that when you give all you have and then mm, trouble comes, mm-hmm. what does it do to your faith? What mm-hmm. does it do to your walk? And I know in, what was it, 2010, you all had a bad fire? Yes, ma'am. What happened? Yes, so we have a a main dining hall um, at Camp of the Hills that housed our dining hall, our kitchen, our counselor quarters, um, our office space. I mean, everything was in one building, and and just in a matter of hours, it was gone. Uh, Not sure the cause of the fire, but uh, in March of 2010, it it burned to the ground. Uh, And as you can imagine, it seemed like a very traumatic uh, event at the time. And Mel Bowman, who's uh, the executive director at the time, had been served camp for over 20 years, uh, you know, he physically built most of that building with volunteer labor, uh, and he was—he got a call um, that night from a from a wise man who said this this may be the best thing that's ever happened to Camp of the Hills, mm-hmm. uh, and it turned out that it was. Uh, God opened up the uh, the doors, the floodgates of blessings upon camp, and and uh, we were able to rebuild, and it created awareness, it created a new energy, a fresh uh, vision for camp, and so. Um, you know, it is a great lesson that sometimes the biggest tragedies in life can lead to the biggest blessings and, and growth opportunities. And so that's definitely the fire was that. And so we've been able to rebuild after that two new buildings that, that are uh, that are bigger. They're more uh, diverse in how we use them. And uh, and really the fire is what got me back to Camp of the Hills. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I was... Um, uh, kind of in between uh, figuring out where I wanted to do next after Fortress. I had just left Fortress um, and, and, and was working for a children's home. And the fire happened, and I heard about it, and I was like, well, how can I help? Because, I mean, camp is a huge part of my testimony, part of my part of my spiritual journey, uh, and I just love the place. And I was like, how can I help? I had some experience in grant writing, and I started just writing grants uh, for camp and just trying to raise money to rebuild and through that process and in talking with the staff and the board and, and just kind of looking at the financials and seeing where camp was i was like y'all really need someone who could do some fundraising for you year round and um and and, and my wife and i were just feel, feeling drawn uh, to be back at camp, and so we we offered to come along and help uh, with with fundraising and things, and uh, and so that we got back there really because of the fire, and uh, so that's kind of a neat, certainly personal blessing from a tragedy. Has this blessed your children? It's been good for my kids. You know, they've. Um, they were young enough when we got there that, you know, they kind of remember. My oldest son remembers a little bit living um, in the inner city, uh, but not as much. But it's been great to have them part of the ministry. And that's the neat thing is because they, you know, they get to participate. They get to work alongside. It's not just some yeah. something that dad goes to work to. I mean, we live there. We're immersed in it every day. Uh, they're a part of it. And so it's it's been great uh, to have a, a place like that to raise your kids. We um, we want to talk about the final thing that the campers experience mm-hmm. before they are turned loose back out into the world. Mm-hmm. Let's take our break, Carrie, and when we come back, um, we want to know how that not only has changed your life, mm-hmm. but a couple of stories of how it has changed some of the young people that have come away. Right after this, stay with us for love talk. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, 
These guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. We've got one more segment of Love Talk with Evelyn Davison, Carrie Braincater, and their guest, Michael Timms, Executive Director of Camp of the Hills. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Love Talk. You are here with the love ladies, Miss Evelyn Davison. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkater. We've got Michael Timms in studio today. I cannot believe it's already our last segment. Thank you, Michael, so much for joining us. We have so much more we want to talk to you about in this last segment, but we want to make sure that our listeners know how to contact you. Um, if they, Camp of the Hills is a nonprofit organization, as you can tell. And so, um, you know, if you're moved by this camp, if you have a heart for this and you'd like to help or you'd like to serve, I'm sure that there's ways that people can contact you, right, Michael? Absolutely. We'd love folks to get in touch with us. You can go to our website, which is www.campofthehills.org. Uh, you can s- certainly email me, Michael, at campofthehills.org. We would love to hear from you, uh, to learn more about the ministry, to have you out for a tour, just to share more about what God's doing. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. You know, over the last 25 years, your camp has served over 13,000 mm-hmm. children. That boggles my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, what an amazing ministry um, you guys have. Of course, the goal of Camp of the Hills is to instill the hope of Christ mm-hmm. um, and to help children see that through God, you can make decisions that are good and healthy for your life, regardless of where you come from. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, maybe sometimes in spite of where you come from. And this camp, I think, offers kids a way to experience hope and trust and love unconditionally. Um what an what an amazing thing you guys have done out there, and I think also your camp. What what you've expressed, Michael, is that this camp is giving these kids um, tools mm-hmm. needed to develop relationships and skills um, that will take them through life. Self esteem. Uh, I, I your camp is just it's beautiful. It's so lovely out there, and uh, I know that it's a place where people can just can just find the Lord. Um, Michael, this camp's made such a huge difference in your life. You've had 13,000 campers come out to your camp. Just tell us one maybe snippet of a story um, where you've seen Christ just move in a young person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, as you can imagine, we have hundreds of great stories. Oh, I'm sure thousands, Um, yes. Uh One that really sticks out in my mind uh, for me personally was When I was a counselor, uh, we had a young lady. It was a 13-year-old girl from Houston. And we had done the reenactment of the crucifixion. And this girl was really emotional. And sometimes the kids do get emotional about that because it's an emotional thing. Um, But we talked to her, went up and talked to her afterward and said, hey, you know, know, let's talk about this. And, And what she was most emotional about was this was the first time that she'd ever heard that Jesus died for her. This was the first time she'd ever heard the gospel story. This was a 13-year-old girl from Houston, Texas, who um, just hadn't been told the story, hadn't been told about the Savior's love for her. And that really moved me. And just to see and know that there are a lot of kids out there uh, in our own backyards and our own schools and our own neighborhoods uh, that really just don't know what Jesus has done for them. And so that has spurred us on to to be more diligent about getting these kids out here and telling them about who Jesus Christ is. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the way that you say that. She she didn't realize that Jesus died for her. Mm-hmm. And listeners, that's, that's exactly right, right, Miss Evelyn? I mean, Jesus came to this earth as a human for me, mm-hmm. for you. And there's no other listeners, no matter what um, our world sees, 
seeks to tell us about all the things that are out there for us. Jesus Christ is the only figure in history that came here for you and for me. It was not just a, 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 a person who sinned like you and I. He was perfect. He was perfect. He lived a life. He experienced the same emotions that you and I do. And to understand, to really, to really grasp that, you know, God's ways are not our ways. And there will be things, Miss Evelyn, that I never understand mm-hmm. until, we, until we get to heaven. But to understand that, um, that Jesus did something for me. He died for me. Yeah. But he didn't stay dead. He rose again on that third day. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that's really, really powerful. And to hear you say that like that, Michael, is um, it, it, that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. It's really powerful. Yeah, it, it is. Um, but it's my story. Mm-hmm. That is my story. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a family that was unchristian. Mm-hmm. My dad had a radio station, and our life just revolved around music. Because of his skills, he was drafted into World War II. And we had to move to a little town right next door to Cut and Shoot, Texas. <laughs> the big metropolis. I've been to, I've been to Cut and Shoot. <laughs> my, my mom lived there till she graduated heaven. My brother still lives there. Mm. So, I, you know, I can identify with these kids that, that have never had any, any instruction mm-hmm. or inspiration at all. That there's more to life than what we have right now. How do you display this with the crucifixion and the resurrection in that closing ceremony? Sure. So, yeah, so it starts with Thursday night, and and it's a pretty powerful, it's a moving drama. And so we start at our dining hall, and uh, Carrie's been out there, knows the terrain, and we take the stairs down, and then we have these scenes that we do different. Stories, you know, so we'll have the the Last Supper in the garden. Like on the stage? No, it's just kind of out along out the trail, the, out in the okay. woods. And so okay. we have these, you know, we have a few little props as far as just little rocks and things that we use. But it's it's just a moving drama that moves from scene to scene. And, and one of the things we tell the kids and all anybody and guests can come out and, and do this with us. But they, it's you can't you can't talk at all. And so it's it's an hour of silence. And you've got two hundred people moving in silence, going from scene to scene. And being able to process each scene as, as Jesus is talking to his disciples, as he's getting accused, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with Pilate, as he's getting beaten by the soldiers, as he's taken down the road um, and, and scorned and spit on and, and then, of course, hung on the cross. And so you've got this complete silence during this uh, time. And these kids are watching this and, and reflecting on this. And then once the crucifixion, uh, we, we put Jesus in, in the tomb, and, and then the campers go back uh, with their cabin groups, and they have a Bible study. And, and they, it's a time to ask questions. It's a time to uh, really reflect on who Jesus Christ is, because we just we tell them about God's love all week, and we try to show them God's love through our actions and our words. Um, but there's no better example of God's love for us than what Jesus Christ did. And so being able to not only tell that story, but to show that story is pretty powerful. And then we have uh, the next day, uh, we do a a reenactment of the resurrection. It's more of a celebration. And so we have a worship service and we have the resurrection we uh, reenacted. Um, And it's it's a great thing. And so the rest of camp, uh, that Friday and and Saturday morning before the campers leave, it's just a time to reflect on that uh, as a group. And they talk about it. We have a big celebration banquet on Friday night where the kids dress up and we uh, we do all our meals family style but this we bring out the glassware and the fancy plates and the kids dress up and the counselors serve them uh, and it's just a special time and so they, they end on such a note of getting the true love story of God of what Jesus Christ did and then just getting served and loved on and we have award ceremony where the kids they each get two awards of what the good that we've seen in them of that week uh, and then we have a, one of the great traditions of Camp of the Hills is our hug line. We have every single counselor uh, and staff lined up. And as the kids get the award, they come up and they go hug every one of the counselors. And so they get 60 hugs. Uh, and that may be more hugs than they ever get, have ever had in their lives than may ever have. And so just a great way to send them off um, through our words and actions of, of what God's love is really about. Well, you know. Michael, if we translate that to an audience that's listening to us today, 
the story does not change, does it? It does not. That's right. Uh, you know, the Hebrew children has wandered so far away from God that they had lost a great deal of what life was for them. Mm-hmm. And Ezekiel was uh, one of the prophets that God sent to try to connect them the way that you're connected with these kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was moaning and groaning because it was so bad. And God said to him, Ezekiel, wake up. I want to tell you something. I'm going to give you a message. There's going to come a time in time in eternity when God, our Father, is going to take out those cold, stony hearts and Mm -hmm. put in a brand new Mm start. That's from Ezekiel. Amen. And that's what he's still doing today. Um, He's still, the value of the crucifixion is as powerful today as it was the day it happened. Mm -hmm. And the power of the resurrection is just as powerful. So we would say thank you to you that you have just devoted your life to this. And you've been here with us today to tell your story. But we want to close just, I do, in saying to you who are listening today, this could be your story. Mm. This could be your story like Michael's story. You first of all have to come to know that Jesus loves you. He paid the price. That's what crucifixion was. He he paid the he paid for the future. That's what the resurrection was. Mm-hmm. And that you can have this life that Michael's been talking about today. Uh, first of all, you have to acknowledge that you don't have him, and that he is real, and that you want him. Please, you believe that he loves you, and see that you would confirm that and confess that in a way that you'd begin to pick it up and live a life every day mm-hmm. that would please him. We want to thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much, Michael. We really appreciate you sharing the story of Camp of the Hills and your story of transforming um, love and life through Jesus Christ. And one thing that Miss Evelyn told me when I first started working with Miss Evelyn a couple of years ago, she used a phrase called your love field. What is your love field? You have built such a field of love with um, not only your counselors, but your staff. And these campers that are coming to Camp of the Hills. So may God continue to strengthen you and strengthen Camp of the Hills um, and strengthen your love field Mm. there in Marble Falls, um, which I just think is amazing. Listeners, before we go today, I just want to leave you with a verse, John 15, 12. The Lord says, my command is this, love one another as I have loved you. Don't ever take that for granted. When you see someone today, just be kind. Just be kind. Love one another. That's his commandment to us because you never, ever know. As Michael has said, you never know what somebody's going through. And um, putting that smile on your face and loving one another is what God has commanded us to do. Thank you for joining us today. And if you need a copy of God's Word, we'd be thrilled to send you a Bible. You can go to the website, www.lovetalknetwork.com. And in the meantime, if you need to talk to us, call us on the love line, 512-249-6535. But in the love time, we pray that this will be a week that the resurrection will become very real to you as you look unto Jesus. This is Kathy Enderbrock with Let's Pray Today Ministries. 
Are you struggling in your marriage with anxiety and depression? Have rebellious kids or or just want to pray for your children? Maybe you simply don't know where to start in prayer. We specialize in creating the tools to help you learn how to pray and pray effectively in a variety of life issues. Get your free MP3 download today on the topic of your choice. Go to www.letspraytoday.com and click on shop for your free audio prayer download. Become a friend on Facebook and let us know what prayer topic you need help with. You know, the world has changed and getting connected is really no longer a trend. It's a reality. And it's happening all around you, leaving you to wonder, how do you get connected to your customers while staying ahead of the digital revolution and your competition? Well, Texas SEO is a Christian-based online marketing company, and they're the partner you can always rely on to navigate through the ever-evolving digital landscape. To schedule your free consultation and digital analysis, call Texas SEO at 1-888-988-9736 or visit the website texasseo.com or simply Google Christian SEO Company and you'll find them in the first position. 